0: Okay, it's live. Good to everybody. Thank you for joining. Tonight is a very significant uh, date in Jewish history. Tonight is the anniversary of the time when the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe was arrested. It was a Tuesday night. June 14th, 1927 and the Friedrich Reber was uh, seeing various people who sought his counsel. He would generally have private audiences uh, three times a week on Sundays, on Tuesdays, on Thursdays. And this night he had uh, met with people, regular people who had we just needed his advice needed his needed his counsel and usually it will last several hours it started at seven and at ten but this night it was a little longer in general in the summertime he said it would be sometimes a little longer and the the uh, audiences ended at about eleven thirty that night it's eleven thirty and uh, he is, they were, they would have a group come into his, um, um, into his room, into his, uh, into his apartment to pray the evening service, when he would finish the private audiences. And uh, after the uh, evening services, after evening services, the, uh, the previous Rebbe uh, sat down to eat, and was eating, and then suddenly there is a knock at the door. And the previous Rebbe describes in incredible detail, such graphic detail, every single step of his imprisonment. And I can not share with you all the details, I invite you to, uh, if you haven't read this yet, to check, check, check this out called the Heroic Struggle by Rabbi Alter Benzim Metzger, He uh, does an incredible job of putting together all of the previous Rabbi's notes in a very uh, seamless read. It's really, really fascinating. But I'll share with you a few uh, details about the imprisonment that occurred tonight on the uh, 15th of Sivan. 15th of 7, the Rebbe says, is a very significant night. It, all, it seems like it's a terrible night. It's, it's, it's a night when the previous Rebbe was imprisoned. But the Rebbe actually says that the uh, 15th of 7 is, is a special, it's a wonderful night. Why is it wonderful? Because it is the time when the previous Rebbe's imprisonment caused him to eventually move to the United States. And the exponential growth that happened through Lubavitch moving to New York and to America all began tonight in the 15th of 7. So externally, this was a terrible thing that happened and he was sent to prison. But really tonight was when the seed was planted for all that we see today in Torah and mitzvahs throughout the world. It's all because of this, of tonight, the 15th of 7. So it's it was a seed was planted tonight, and which caused all this growth. So, uh, the previous is eating dinner after praying the evening service, and he he gets it, there's a knock on the door. There's a do- there's a the doorbell is rung, and someone who goes to open the door, and then the KGB officers at the time wasn't actually called the KGB the various names for the secret police of the Soviet Union, the GPU, then KVD, the uh, now presently it's called the KGB, so at that time it was the GPU. The agents of the GPU come in, and they say, where is Schneerson? So despite the incredibly alarming entry, he run into his dining room, where is Schneerson, and everyone knows who these people are and why they're there. The previous rabbi answers, in an incredible way it's just just fascinating how he was able to regard them as he said uh, later he said that when he went into prison he made a firm decision he's going to res- that he will consider all those who everyone in the prison FS mamish is absolutely nothing now those sound like very uh high words, but you could see throughout the encounter the previous Shabbat has with the various members of the secret police, they actually did regard them as absolutely nothing. The previous hebbe said, you certainly know who I am, and that's why you're here. Uh, You're here with the manager of the building. He knows the name of everyone in the building. So there's no reason to make a tumult. Why are you screaming? And the guy Nachmanson, who actually... He was the leader of this group of, of police who had entered the previous Rebbe's room, previous Rebbe's apartment. And he, Nachmussen, uh, said, This is just the way I speak. I scream, that's how I speak. A- and it goes back and forth, the previous Rebbe telling them that, what he wants them to do. And there, they walked in with such arrogance, but he completely deflated them. With his strength and resolve. And each thing that they asked the previous Rebbe, the previous Rebbe responded with such clarity and strength that their wings were deflated. They began, they told the previous Rebbe that they're going to search the rooms. And together with all the whole uh, group of soldiers, they began to search the previous Rebbe's daughter's rooms. The the previous Rebbe's daughters, uh, Nachmetzin, entered their room. And he said to them, what party do you belong to? It's a loaded question, of course. Do you belong to the Soviet Union? Are you part of uh, Stalin? And, or are you against us? And, and Rebetzin Chaimushka, Rebbe's wife, Rebetzin Shena answered also with, the Friedrich Rebbe said with feigned strength, but strength nonetheless, that encouraged him. They said, we, do not, we belong to our father's party. We're not political. We keep the Jewish traditions and we're not happy with, with what has happened lately in the Soviet Union. And Nachman says, says why are you not happy? And they respond, we don't have to answer any questions of why. And back and forth throughout this, in, throughout their search, they encounter this, the formidable strength of the previous Rebbe's daughters, and the himself, and the mother. One point, the uh, previous Rebbe's mother was awoken by the search, Rebbe Sinishter Nasar, the wife of the Rebbe HaShab, she comes out, and she sees who is there, and she says, why are you here to take my darling, beloved son, who only tries to help others? How could this be happening? And then she turned to her saintly ancestors, Helika his holy grandfathers, meaning the Rebbe HaShab, and the Rabbi and the Tzedek, and the other Rebbe, she addressed them, look, you, you, they're trying to extinguish the Nishama flame, the soul flame that you have kindled. And Mesit talked to God, and the Nachmansen very uncharacteristically, he tells the previous Rebbe, I didn't want to wake her up. I didn't, I specifically asked that we shouldn't do anything to wake her up, Please bring her into another room. And the previous Rebbe remarked to himself in the diary, he was wondering why they were suddenly, why did Nachmutzon say that? Does he have a bit of human compassion? Is, is he someone, despite the fact that he came to arrest him and, and he's someone who is part of this organization, which is only about death and destruction, does he still also have a human heart? Is there some? Is there, is, doesn't this indicate, the previous Rebbe writes, that there's some goodness even in the most lowly, evil people. Then he says, maybe it's possible that just seeing the Rebetzin, the Rebbitson of Lubavitch, actually Nachmanson, his family was from the same town that my family is from, the town of Neville, Hasidic town. And Nachmanson, perhaps being in the presence of the Rabbitson, maybe had a thought of teshuvah. Maybe that, just seeing the Rabbitson, maybe made him think of repenting from his ways. Anyways, the previous Rebbe, uh, has a moment with his family before uh, being taken to Spalerno Street. Spalerno Street is a street where the famous uh, prison called Spalerke, uh, 24 Spalerno Street. The previous service says that every child knew about this prison and this prison was a place where people weren't just asked questions but they were investigated and to know what the difference is between just being asked questions and investigated, the previous Rebbe says basically you have to be there to know what kind of credible torture they would do to people to try to get them to talk. Anyways, before the car arrives to take them to Shpalerka, the previous Rebbe has a moment to speak to his family. Incredibly, the previous Rebbe instituted uh, before his imprisonment that everyone should recite Tehillim. The way the Tehillim is divided according to the days of the month, thus finishing the Tehillim every month. And it, it's clear that this, this custom that he encouraged had to do with what he f- foresaw would be happening that year. It, 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 this would be a year that they, there would be an additional need to request God's mercy. So the previous Shabbat has a moment to speak to his family. He tells his family, please send messengers to Niezin, to Lubavitch, to Haditch, to where the resting places of his grandfathers, Alter Rebbe, the Mittler Rebbe, the Mach and to ask them to seek God's mercy. Then he said, tell the Hasidim to say to Hillim on the first days of his imprisonment. His family is shocked because they didn't know what was happening, they, they didn't but the Rebbe saying the words the first days of the imprisonment made them realize that this is going to be a long ordeal. He said no, none of the Hasidim should be involved in anything else other than the activities they're doing till now, which is to spread the Torah and its commandments. As the previous Rebbe had caused there to be a whole uh, network of schools that were taught Torah underground. The previous Rebbe said, I realize that his imprisonment is going to basically cripple the finances of all the activities that he's doing in Russia, all the schools, all the mikvahs. And he says, I'm giving you my clear instructions, although I, we're already in debt, I'm giving my clear instructions to try to borrow more money to maintain this, all, all the various teachers and schools during his arrest. Then the previous service said, although they're going to try to get me to talk, I want to tell you with absolute clarity that I will not say the name of anyone. I'm going to take responsibility for all the activities that are being done upon my shoulders. So if, if the, the, anyone's interrogated and they're told that I've said their name, they should know right now that this is an absolute lie because there's no way that I would ever that they had the power to make me say anything. And they will not say anything about anyone. The previous Shabbat took with him. His Rashid film, Rabbeinu Tamd film tefillin, Shemusharab film, a talas, a gartel, a siddur, a tehillim, a tanya, some clothing, a blanket, a small pillow, and he, he put them in a bag that belonged to his father. It had the letters S-S on the bag, because it belonged to his father, whose name was the acronym of those words. And the previous Rebbe is about to be taken to Shbalerka and one of the top um, top uh, policemen was a man named Lulav who had come with Nachmunsen, who were both together, were, came to arrest the previous Rebbe and Lulav also originated from Hasidim. He told the previous Rebbe, you know, Hasidim always remain Hasidim my grandfather took your grandfather's who'd carry the bags of your grandfather so let so since hasidim remain hasidim i will take your belongings as well the previous rebbe coolly replied your grandfather was a hasid was a follower of my grandfather and he took his belongings where my grandfather wanted to go and therefore he was had the merit of carrying them however you are taking me to a place where I have no desire to go. And therefore, you will not carry my belongings. And the previous Rebbe is taken to the street and his family wants to come along and to, to, to see him off in the street. Then Nachman says, tell them they have to go inside. There's no way to let them go into the street. The previous Rebbe said, did you get an order to say that, that they can come to the street? Where does it come from? Is this the way that you... In, the, uh, in your role in the GPU that all of the officers in the GPU act in a similar manner to you to say things which are about authority and Nachman is is so incensed but he has no choice but to listen to what the previous Rebbe is telling him and again, you see, in every exchange the previous Rebbe totally considers him as absolute nothing anyways, the previous Rebbe um, goes into the car and on the as a car is leaving uh the car passes the street corner and the previous several writes: there's actually an account another account of the previous previous Tzibah's imprisonment by a na- man named um el Chaim reitblat el chayim altoiz el chayim he is at the street corner he sees the previous Rebbe, he's not sure, his face is white, the previous Rebbe can tell that he uh, had probably heard already about his imprisonment, and he's looking into the carriage trying to see if he could see the Rebbe, and the Rebbe looks at him, the Rebbe nods at him, and Rabbi Altais writes in his diary how he felt seeing the previous Rebbe, and the previous Rebbe writes in his diary how he felt looking at him, and the previous Rebbe gave a nod of encouragement, and just you see the beauty of the relationship between a Chassid and Rebbe in this exchange, the Rebbe nods to him, and the Chassid looks Apparently, the reason why people knew about the previous Rebbe's imprisonment at that time was because the officers of the GPU had instructed, anyone who's going to come to the house should be allowed during the search, but no one should be allowed out. No one should be allowed to talk to each other. And the Rebbe himself, the previous son-in-law, our Rebbe, had come towards the apartment of the previous Rebbe, and Rebbeson Chaimushka, Rebbe's wife, saw the Rebbe approaching and she screamed out, Schneerson, there are guests here. And the Rebbe knew the hint of what she was saying, who the guests were, the uninvited guests of course, of the the GPU, and the Rebbe went to the previous Rebbe's secretary, B'chaim Lieberman, to destroy any incriminating documents that say that Rabbi Lieberman was the previous Rebbe's secretary or any other incriminating documents. So the Rebbe had gone there and told Rabbi Lieberman, and that's probably how the Altais had also found out about the previous Rebbe's imprisonment. So the previous Rebbe had given this very strong message that he's going to tell them, the GPU, that all he's doing is spreading the Torah and his commandments, not going to incriminate anybody. Yes, his family should use means to try to intercede in his behalf through government officials, discreetly, confidentially, but the Hasidim should know that they should not be afraid at all and they should focus on uh, their work in spreading the Torah. And the previous Rebbe actually said a blessing before leaving his family, that God should help, we should be again together soon. When the previous Rebbe arrives, he described, describing his arrival into the, to the prison, he remembered, the previous Rebbe said, the words of the Sefer Reishas Chachma, which has in that safer a description of hell. And how there are angels in hell waiting for the souls that are unfortunately meant to go to hell. And the previous Rebbe describes how he felt walking into what he called hell. The previous Rebbe walks into the prison and he's instructed to go down the corridor. The corridor was 150 feet long, it was 12 feet wide. Every 30 feet or so, there was a candle hanging from the ceiling. There are 10 or 12 guards across the sides of the corridor, each of them armed to the teeth. And they aren't moving, there's no, no, it's imperceptible any movement in these guards. And it's just a frightening, frightening scene. And And the previous service told to walk through the corridor and then to be interrogated. The previous servant, he says, perhaps, he says, I'm not sure if it was on purpose or by accident, he says, but I was, he was so engrossed in his thoughts that he veered to the right. And when he went to the right, he was all of a sudden shocked by the stark contrast of the hallway on the right and the hallway on the left, and how this hallway was, was, was just a normal place instead of the awesome Site of that hallway on the left, the previous server went to sit down. They sat, there was a little bench there, and he started to think, Where am I going? What for a purpose? What is required of me? How will this end? And in this section of the previous server's diary, which he calls Tractate Gehenim, Tractate of Hell, chapter one, uh He's, he's, he writes uh, am I, he, that he was wondering is my disobeying their instructions and not going all the way through the hallway is this going to cause me to get my punishment to be even greater but then he had his thought everything is by divine providence we are taught by the Baal Shem Tev, even straw blowing in the wind so certainly it's by divine providence that i'm here and as he's having all these thoughts, as he's having, it's sort of like a record this 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 encouragement thinking about divine providence, as he's thinking this, a soldier walks over, a officer walks over, and he's starts having a conversation. Where are you from? He asked the previous seven. The previous seventh describes where exactly the city of Lubavitch, a small town of Lubavitch, is located between this town and that town. Ah, this officer remarks, I know that place very well my father and I would go there and I know there was a saintly man who lived there and the saintly man lived near the marketplace in a large courtyard and there was a well and my father would bring the horses to drink from the water of that well so why why are you here and the previous service says I was supposed to go through the other corridor and because I, I saw these benches here, I just went to rest for a minute. And all of a sudden, the face of the officer changes color. He's like, he's astonished. What, who are you? What's your name? You brought through that corridor? What apparently became apparent later is that the original intent of Nachmatin and Lulav was that the previous Rebbe upon arrival would be shot. And going through that corridor straight would have led to, his, led to him being, God forbid, shot. And because by divine providence he veered to the right, to the other corridor, that saved his life. And so he started talking to the previous Rebbe about the city of Lubavitch, where he was from. He was from another city, Gusia. And he said, let me accompany you. It doesn't make any sense. Whose company will you win, he tells the previous Rebbe. Before you arrived here, why would they arrest you like this? It doesn't make any sense. In other words, he knew that going down that corridor meant heading to the firing squad. And he couldn't believe that the previous Rebbe, looking the way he did, would get such treatment and he accompanies the previous Rebbe and that's more or less uh, the first section of the previous Rebbe's imprisonment the Rebbe remarks that the previous Rebbe begins the story of his imprisonment with uh, he was talking to people till 11 30 at night and the Rebbe notes I don't remember exactly the words but the content if I remember correctly is goes like this the previous Rebbe is about to be arrested and he has divine inspiration, and he knows where he's going there's so much work that has to be done before his arrest and you would think since he has so much work to do, he would focus on the instructions that need to be given to all the different Hasidim who are involved in spreading the Torah, what, what they need to know and to prepare instead what does the previous Shabbat do? He talks to individuals who just needed help an old lady needs help, a young man who needs help just direction and there points to, detail, uh, to this is the meaning of what a tzaddik is. This is the meaning of a roya neman. a Jewish leader is called a faithful shepherd of the Jewish people. Despite the fact that there is the macro, the needs of all the Jewish people, the previous shepherd focuses on the needs of the individual. As Rebbe once said, how can you tell the difference between a real authentic Jewish leader and someone who is not really there? If Rebbe Yisrael, and Klal Yisrael are the same, then you're talking about a real Jewish leader. If Mr. Israel and the Jewish people as a whole, Klal Yisrael are the same, then that's the trademark of a true leader who is continuing the path of Moshe Rabbeinu of Moses. So the the previous Rebbe's veering to the right, And the whole arrest was the beginning of the entire Lubavitch movement being supplanted from Soviet Russia and being planted over here on the shores of the United States where there was this exponential growth that caused there to be Torah and its commandments and Hasidus brought to every single corner of the globe. And although, again, it seems that this was a negative event, but it planted the seed. Tonight's events planted the seed for this to happen. And therefore the Rebbe says that tonight is actually a, 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 is a positive element in tonight. And it's a night where we're able to do the same. Plant a seed and spread the Torah. And as B'al Shem Tov taught, the soul comes to the world for 70 or 80 years just to do one person a favor. And continuing the theme of this week's Torah portion, Naso, which means to be uplifted to lift someone up spiritually by giving them something authentic from the Torah, from Hasidus, to lift up their head, lift up their mind. You know, everyone nowadays is all kinds of thoughts, all kinds of worries, what's going to be, what's going to happen. And to give someone, lift, up their, lift their heads up. They've actually said, a person might say, I don't have anything to give. I know who I am, I have nothing to give. So there's a halacha, the Jewish law says, that even if you are poor, you're obligated to give charity. So so too, if someone's poor spiritually, they have nothing to give. Still, everyone has something that they're able to give to another. You as a Jew and I as a Jew have something that I can share and only I can share. And that's what we are able to get from this incredible day of the 15th of Sivan, the day that the seeds were planted for the coming of Mashiach. And think about the divine providence, the previous moving, uh, moving to the right and how that led to where you and I are here today, tonight. It's all because of that slight movement. And similarly, a slight movement of each of us, a good thought, a good word, a good action, could tip the scale and bring us tonight to Jerusalem, to the Temple Mount, to see Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, and Moses, and Aaron, and David, and Shlomo, and to see Mashiach Zikainu. Let's uh, make a move to the right and let's hit the scale and bring Mashiach tonight. Have a wonderful week, a good and thank you all for joining.